0: Matthew 7, verse 28. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for all these guys being here. It's a blessing to see each and every one of them. Lord God, we need you to meet with us today. I pray you would just take control. Of this time that we have and of my words and thoughts and spirit lord i pray that god you would be lifted up and glorified i pray you'd be pleased with the preaching and with our response to it lord and god i pray you would please help us to be more like you lord uh, that's what we're going for that's what we're striving after lord i pray you would please help us with that um lord just give us what we need and help us to hear your voice through the preaching i do need a lot of help with this. And God, I just pray you would give me the right uh, sequence, everything that it would fall in place. But most of all, it would be understandable, something we can grab a hold of and something that we can apply to our lives so that we can be better Christians for you, Lord. I love these guys. I pray you'd help them to listen. And God, help us to get what you have for us today. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. Guys, many of you may not be aware of this, but I just want to attack and dive into this today. There is actually an attack on our style of preaching. I'll explain uh, what I mean by our style of preaching here in a few moments. But guys, um, for one, let me say this. This is not a new thing, okay? In Isaiah 30, verse 10, this verse I'll read to you, it says, Which say to the seers, See not, and to the prophets, Prophesy not unto us right things, Notice what it says here. It says, speak unto us smooth things. Um, that's way back, like we talked about in the time of Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But they didn't want to hear what was right. They didn't want to hear what was true. They said, just give us the smooth stuff, stuff that's pleasing, the stuff that's pleasant, the stuff that sounds easy to us. And also, guys, the Bible prophesies that this would happen uh, in the latter days and in the, in the end times. And this is in Second Timothy four. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So, guys, very clearly the Bible states that way back this happened, that people didn't want to hear what was right. They would rather hear what was smooth, what would kind of um uh pacify and go along with their sin. And then it also says Toward the back of the Bible in 2 Timothy that the time's going to come. People won't endorse sound doctrine. They don't want to hear what God has to say. They want to hear things that kind of tickle their ears. Things that go along with their desires, their lusts, their passions. And he says clearly that that would happen, guys. So there's an attack on our style of preaching. And it's a growing atmosphere. And basically, guys, let me back up and say this. You say, well, what is the... Is there any, anybody hot... Is it getting hot for you guys? A little bit? A little bit? All right. I'm going to open that. If y'all start freezing, let me know. Probably some bird come in and snatch one of you guys away. It would be terrible, right? <laughs> but basically what I mean by our style of preaching is this, guys. Listen, listen, listen. This is key. Everything that we preach and that we teach it must come from the Bible So it has to be built on the truth Okay, listen if it's not built on the truth, then it's meaningless It it doesn't really matter what your opinion is or my opinion is it has to be built on the truth So that's why it should be very clearly we're explaining each word line verse paragraph of the Bible I really believe that but also guys not only should it be built on the truth But listen here's kind of the main intent that I'm shooting after there also should be a boldness that goes along with that, a firmness, a strength, a fieriness, forcefulness, passion that goes along with it. Listen, guys, you say, well, Bo Tom, maybe this is a big deal to you, but it's not to us. Well, it should be a big deal to you, okay? Because, guys, we should build everything that we do on, on the word of God, but there should also be a boldness. Now, does the boldness come because I'm saying it? No, because I'm Nobody alright but the boldness should come because we know it is true that it's certain the verse that we read about Jesus what does it say in verse number well we'll just go through both of them again verses 28 and 29 listen to this it says it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things he just finished the sermon on the mount the people were astonished at his doctrine it blew them away and what does it say for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes the scribes I'm told um, their style of teaching would basically be to say, uh, "Wes, well, this rabbi uh, suggests that this is the meaning of this verse, and then other rabbis say it's this one, and then other ones say it's this one." Can I tell you that doesn't help you very much? I had a college class like that. I was my second semester of Bible college. It was local here, and I remember I go in this class. The class was sin, about the doctrine of sin and salvation. They had fancy Greek names for it, harmartiology and soteriology. But that's what it's talking about, sin and salvation. Kevin, that sounds like it should be a good class. You sign up for that class, you're like, oh man, sin and salvation, booyah, let's do this. Can I tell you that's all the guy would do? He would say, well, some theologians have this perspective on this doctrine, and others have this one, 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 and I'm over here like, help me! me! And, Uriel, I'm thinking, when are we ever going to get to the truth? You know, like when are we going to say, yeah, yeah, these people have these opinions, but this is where I stand. Mm -hmm. It wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Just people's opinions. And that kind of reminds me of what the scribes, how they taught, right? But what does it say the people's reaction was to Jesus? Jesus was uh, totally different, right? When he preached and he taught, you know the people's reaction, Jaden? It was, whoa, this guy means what he says. Mm -hmm. There's some authority. There's some power. There's some fire, some passion that comes with it. All right. And I love that that verse says that about Jesus and his style there. But guys, very often people want us to back off, to back down. They want us to soften it up, to compromise, to pacify people. Um, Guys, I remember um, just looking at different things. Can I tell you? A lot of people have sacrificed the truth, which, as I said, everything must start from there. But then they've also sacrificed the style, that boldness that I'm talking about. Can I tell you most of the main denominations when I'm talking about that Methodist and Lutheran and a lot of these other ones that used to way back, way back, guys, decades ago, they used to actually preach the gospel. They do not anymore. They have long ago, sadly, cast the truth out the window. They don't care about it anymore. Most of those places, guys, if you were to stumble into one of those churches, which I don't suggest, you would not hear the gospel at all. But you know what you would hear about? Um, All the gay movements, LGBTQ, all that stuff. They got the rainbow flag outside the church, but they don't have the Christian flag. Mm. And you would also hear about the Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff, social causes. But you would not hear the gospel. Guys, listen. This is baseline. I've taught you about what a good church is before. But just to remind you, if you ever walk into a church and they don't preach the gospel about how you can go to heaven. And by the way, not just something they cooked up last night in their study. But something that's based on the Bible, like something that sounds like this, that you're a sinner, you deserve to go to hell, but Jesus died on the cross for your sins in your place, and he offers you the gift of eternal life, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If it don't sound like that, like exactly like that, reject it. Get out of that place and go find yourself a real church, okay? Because, guys, what good is it to do? I've met people. Oh, you knock on doors sometimes, Kevin. You meet, meet people. Uh, we're visiting from our church. Oh, no, you couldn't get me to go to your church. Well, why is that, sir? I've been to my church, and, you know, they're older people. I've been to my church 97 years. And you're like, how old are you? (laughs) How are you? Are you okay? How are you
1: standing right
0: now? (laughs) Is something propping you up from the back? Listen, I've been in my church 97 years. Well, that's great, sir. That's awesome. And then you say, well, you know, not to take you from your church, sir, but um, this card talks about going to heaven. Oh, yeah, I know I'm going to heaven. Well, that's great. That's awesome. How do you know that? I'm a good person. And didn't I tell you I've been going there 97 years? Guys, you can go to a church from now to the day you die. The church can't save you. It can't. And being a good person can't save you. Okay? Only Jesus can save you. But that's a, a, Wes, it always hits in my mind. Why would people go to a church year after year after year after year after year? And guys, listen to me. When you come in the house of God, that should be the first thing you learn about. The first thing you learn about. God forbid that people come to this church and they come even their first day and not hear the gospel. Let alone week after week. They need to hear it all the time. But yet, many of these denominations, like I said, have long ago cast these truths aside. So they be, they don't even build things on the truth, let alone be bold. They don't have either one of them. Guys, can I tell you most evangelicals, we are not evangelicals, we are fundamentalists. But most evangelicals, which would be like Bible church type people and that kind of thing, are non-denominational sometimes. Sometimes. Some of them do, um, let me say, in some areas they teach pretty good things. They don't have standards, which I'm totally against. I, I think they've missed the boat on that completely. I think we do need standards in our life. But, guys, they sometimes will teach the Bible pretty well. But can I tell you, the boldness is gone. They've thrown that out the window. They say, no, no, if we're going to teach people, we've got to tone it down. We need to, you know, um, not have that authority, not have that boldness. And let me even say this. And most of you guys, you haven't experienced this, which I'm glad for you. Hopefully you never do. But can I tell you, even some supposed IFB, which is Independent Fundamental Baptist, they call themselves that. Most of them still teach right. But, guys, as far as the boldness, they've kicked that to the curb, yep. which i got a problem with. Mm-hmm. All right? Um They've given up ground is what I'm trying to say. Hey, guys, there shouldn't be subjects that this book talks about that we never talk about. Yeah. In some churches, that's happened. They've given up ground. They've, they've uh, sacrificed those things and marked those things off. Say, no, you can't talk about that. I mean, if you start talking about tithing, half the church is going to leave. Who are we trying to please? Right. right? Are we trying to please God and, and fulfill what the church says according to his word? Or are we just trying to please everybody that's assembled in front of us? Mm. We've got to line it up with what God wants. Well, you can't. I mean, Kevin, nowadays, man, you can't get on standards. Bro, you get on music standards. These guys ain't going to like it. You start talking about modesty and women's dress standards. And by the way, guys' dress standards. Man, people, people going to leave. We don't want people to leave. We're not trying to kick people out the door, guys, but we must, must build it on what the word of God says. If I don't do that, I need to close my Bible, sit down and let somebody else get up here because I'm not qualified anymore. Listen, a lot of people have given up that ground. Certain topics are no fly zones, Ethan. No, don't talk about that. I mean, these young men, they're not going to tolerate you talking about that or the church ain't going to talk. Guys, that's not okay. If the Bible says it, we need to talk about it. If the Bible says it, we need to preach it and give it our our all. But not only, guys, have some topics become no-fly zones, there's also a timid approach to this whole thing. Now, as I said a little while ago, the boldness doesn't come because of who I am. The boldness doesn't become a, come because of my massive brain that I don't have. All right. <laughs> My, my, my boldness shouldn't come because I graduated from Bible college and I can show you my diploma. That's not where my boldness should come. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. I need to base my boldness off the word of God. Can I tell you a side comment real quick? Um, sometimes I listen to preachers. And I'm not trying to critique anybody, but sometimes I listen to preachers. You know where our point of emphasis should be, Kevin, Ethan, all you guys? And even if you're not a preacher, this will apply to you as we continue to go on. You know where your point of emphasis should be on? On the truth of the Bible. Now, I'm not trying to down anybody. But listen, it bothers me, Kevin, if I hear a preacher and he's going through teaching the Bible says and his tone is right here. Mm -hmm. And he's just explaining it. And that's fine. Not every preacher has to be screaming and yelling and jumping off the platform. That's okay. If that's not their personality, that's fine. All right. But. If they're just right here, but then, Ethan, they start talking about their own opinions, mm-hmm. and you just, you just notice that they're way up here. I tell you, sometimes I see this, Tim, and it makes me so bad. All right, let's get back to reading the scripture. I'm over here like, what are we teaching people is more important? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If I'm just talking about my pet peeves and I get on a rant about it, but then we get back to the Bible and it just doesn't seem like important, mm-hmm. I think that's sending a bad message. But, guys, these topics have become no fly zones. Many people are timid in their approach and the overall tone of it. Again, I'm not trying to smash anybody, but, guys, um, people say, no, you can't preach hard, and you can't be in your face, and you can't be aggressive, and you can't really nail it hard, and all these kind of things. That's not kind, that's not politically correct, and all these kind of crazy things. Guys, a lot of the evangelicals, you turn on the radio, you listen to some of their Bible teaching. Most of the time, and again, I'm not trying to slap anybody around and act like I know everything because I don't. But, guys, a lot of them have these these tones of voice that they sound like they're a kindergarten teacher. You know? Okay, let's open the Word of God. That just doesn't sit well with me. Listen, if you're a preacher, sound like a man. All right? You should sound like a man. It, listen, preaching is a is a man's responsibility. People that are men that are called to preach, women don't do it. All right, they're not called. The Bible tells us that very clearly. But you should sound like a man. I don't want my kindergarten teacher preaching to me. You know what I'm saying? I don't need a soccer mom sounding preacher. You know what I'm saying? Like it should sound like a man. Right. Now I'm not gonna slap you guys with my Bible. You some of you who oh no, don't worry. All right, it's fine. That'll be next week. No, I'm just kidding. All right, yeah, let's do it then. All right, yeah. All right, no, I'm kidding. listen. But it should sound in a way Guys, it should sound important It should sound important I really think we've bought into this Political correctness and all these kind of things To where we have just Toned it down so much And made it so pacified for everybody Well, we don't want to offend anyone And I just need to talk like this And blah 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 Guys, what is that about? Kevin, I don't understand how If a political candidate gets up That he can scream and yell and do whatever he wants. And people will listen to him. Yeah. But if a preacher does that, they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is that is not okay. That's offensive to people. We're not going to tolerate that. You need to tone it down. Mm. Yeah. And what are the political candidates talking about most of the time? Lies. Yeah. Yeah. When I get in office, I will give everyone in this room a Twinkie. And then they get, yeah. a, they get elected. And you ain't seeing no Twinkie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> More like we have to pay all our money so we can't even afford a Twinkie on our own. You know what I mean? Listen, guys, it's ridiculous to me that we'll listen to that kind of stuff. And I'm not against political candidates, mostly. Sorry, I just gave a bad look there. I do all right, Listen, mostly. But most of what they say are lies, but they're able to be bold about it. Yeah. Hey, he did some good things. I didn't like a lot of the things that he said, but when Trump was running for office, he was talking about, I'm the only one that can change this country. And I said, boy, you better be careful because God's the only one that can change this country. And he did some good things in my opinion. All right? Well, listen, I didn't like that. I said, no, man, you're not God. Don't, don't act like you are. Right. Um, but it amazes me we allow them to do it. It amazes me that we allow coaches to do it. Listen, in my opinion, if a coach is not intense and passionate about what he's doing, he probably shouldn't be out there. Right. You know? He's saying, guys, we've got to, whatever the sport is, we've got to uh, run the ball more. We've got to get the ball in the paint more, whatever it is. And he's intense about it. Now, if he's just over there, now, Ethan... Um, really, we need to penetrate a lot more and then kick it out. You're going to be like, dude, are you okay? Are you awake? Like, if you take some NyQuil and it hadn't worn off yet, like, come on, man, wake up. They're they're supposed to be intense, right? And then how about this one? A lot of the um, sports talk shows, these people are intense. I mean, I don't like him. A lot of people like listening to Stephen A. Smith. This dude is yelling about everything. I mean, he can be talking about, you know, He parked his car in the parking lot, and he'd be yelling about it in two seconds. (laughs) I parked my car, and you're just like, I threw that thing in park. I opened my door. You know, just like, whoa. And then he throws out all these big words. You don't even know what they mean, but they sound pretty official, you know. (laughs) Categorically, I deny that. You're like, what does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) But he's passionate about it. He's passionate about it. Kevin, I don't see anybody complaining. You are, no, that is not okay. That's right. offensive. We will not tolerate that. Tone it down. Right. That's fine. And you know, I'm getting way off on these tangents. But you know what, the political candidates and all this kind of stuff, they even allow people to respond in the, in the, in the audience. Yeah. I will give everyone a Twinkie and everybody, yay! They're gonna forgive your student loan debt. Yay! Woo! We love this guy. But in church, no, I mean, you can't respond. You can't say amen, because that's just not okay. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Years ago, Jack Hiles, uh, the great preacher from the Chicago area, he was going to go to Canada, and they were trying to warn him. They said, uh, Brother Hiles, when you go to Canada, you've got to realize that people there are just different. They're very kind of serious and stoic. I mean, don't expect amens. I know you come from you know, uh, your church there, and everybody's screaming and hollering. It's not going to be that way in Canada. He says, you know, that's funny, because I've watched some um, hockey games on TV, and, you know, Canada uh, hockey's huge in Canada. He said, you know, I, it seems like they cheer just like the people in America does. Uh, so why does that not happen in church? Wow. He says, you seem very passionate about your sports, but you don't seem very passionate about your God. Wow. Whew, I've heard the same thing about England, Great Britain. Say, so over there, nobody says anything. They sit totally still. Nobody makes a move. Nobody says a word throughout the church you ever seen a one of those Premier League soccers? Yeah. Soccer games? Soccer match? Yeah. Those people are intense about that stuff, but when it comes to church, oh, no, no, oh no, we must be very serious and all fall asleep, all right? No. Guys, I think we should be passionate about it. We should care about it, all right? So let me get down to business here. A lot of these have sacrificed it. They've thrown it to the side. Hey, guys, there's some people that don't like hard preaching. You know what I have to say about that? If you don't like hard preaching... You would not have liked Jesus preaching. Mm. Wow. Um, Jesus preached hard. I, I remember years ago, I had a guy in this class, and he somehow uh, started to not <laughs> like what pastor was was preaching about, In specifically how pastor will sometimes say, hey guys, we don't believe like the Muslims and the Catholics and all these kind of things. And he would name them. He would name them. Well, this particular guy got offended by that. I don't think you should do that. That's not his place. Blah, 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 blah. Well, after class, I said, uh, Hey man, let's, let's talk. I said, uh, well, why do you say that? He says, you know, I just think, you know, I think this church, I I don't agree with that. Most of what they say is good, but I just, that's, I don't think you need to bash them. You know, I don't think you need to criticize them. And he's saying, I think we need to, you guys just need to approach it more like Jesus. I said, Oh, like Jesus, huh? Okay. And I took him to, uh, we won't, mess with these right now but i took him to matthew 6 matthew 15 and matthew 23 In those three chapters jesus is laying out the pharisees he gives scathing rebukes he calls them hypocrites he calls them blind leaders of blind he says you're on your way to hell i mean straight up and i said oh you want us to preach like jesus i'm pretty sure that's exactly what our pastor's doing hey guys so that's what i want to preach on today preach like jesus preach like jesus listen We need to build everything we do on truth. Again, our passion, our boldness, our firmness, everything we say needs to be built off truth. If it's not built off truth, it's not important. You can cast it aside and just say that's Brother Tom's opinion. That doesn't matter. But if it comes from the word of God, guys, we should have a boldness. We should have a forcefulness and a fieriness to us because it is true. Listen, um, Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 23, he says, he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Mm-hmm. You know what I think that means? Accurately, passionately. Listen, if we got God's word, which we do, we should care about it. Yeah. We should care about it. Guys, this should be more important than sports to you, your friends to you, your music to you, your favorite movie to you. This book should be more important. You say, well, I'm not really feeling it, Brother Tom. We'll keep working at it. And then ask God to give you more of a desire and more of a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Listen, we need to care about it. It's so much more important than anything else. Uh, also in the Old Testament, Isaiah 58, one, I believe, talking about preachers and Isaiah talking about himself. He says, cry aloud, spare not, but lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. He's saying if you're going to preach it, get it out there. Preach it loud. Don't hold back. I like that. First Peter, it says, if any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. Titus says, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. What it's saying is, lay the standard out in front of everybody like a roadblock. And if they decide to go around it, that's on them. Because yeah. you did your responsibility. You told them what was right. You told them what was wrong. You put it firmly in front of them. And you told them it was true. And if they decide to go around it, that's their fault. Let's preach like Jesus And by the way I said For some of you say well I'm not called to preach I don't need to listen to this No 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 Because guys You should be going to church the rest of your life And if you walk into a church You need to know that they need to be built on the truth But they also should have that boldness They shouldn't be giving away topics from the Bible Things that God told us Anthony how dare we say Certain things that God told us are not important But that's what they're doing. All right, so they tell us to preach more like Jesus. Well, let's do it. Let's preach like Jesus. Um, I'm going to turn a lot of places. We're not going to get much longer with this today. That's okay. But um, I'm going to turn a lot of places. The first one I want you to go to is Luke 16. All right, so what did Jesus preach like? Well, first of all, point number one about preach like Jesus. Jesus preached on the destination of sinners. The destination of sinners. I've heard people say, I don't like these guys that are what they call hellfire and damnation preachers, that they talk about hell and they talk about the fire and they talk about it's hot there and they talk about the torments and the suffering and and, and all the crazy and and awful and horrendous things that are going to happen in hell. He's saying, I don't like those kind of preachers. Well, if you don't like those kind of preachers, you certainly wouldn't have liked Jesus preaching because Jesus preached on hell. Guys, most of you know this, but Jesus, listen, listen, time out. Let's bring it down. Let me get my kindergarten voice. No, I'm kidding. All right? Listen. Jesus, listen. Look up here, everybody. Jesus preached more about hell than any other preacher in the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. By a vast majority. Why? Because he's trying to warn people not to go there. But he preached on hell, guys, repeatedly. He hammered on it. He banged on it. Why? Because he doesn't want anybody to go there. Isn't that why he came? Right? Right? So that if we believe in him, we shall not perish. That means we won't have to go to hell, but we can have everlasting life. That's why Jesus came. He came to seek and save that which was lost. But Jesus preached on hell. Listen, if you go to a church one day, young man, and you're trying to raise your family right, and you want to live according to the Bible, but they never talk about hell. They never bring up that subject because, Kevin, that's not popular. Most people won't like that. In our culture nowadays, in our society nowadays, people aren't okay with their with that. They're not cool with that. They're not going to abide by that. If they're never preaching about a literal place called hell, you need to get yourself out of there and find a real church and a real preacher because Jesus preached on hell. You want us to preach like Jesus? Absolutely. And before I get carried away with myself, Jesus was uh, uh, kind to people and he did love people and he did love those people that no one else cared about. And he forgives us. Thank God. If Jesus didn't forgive us, guys, none of us none of us would have a chance to live for God because we all mess up all the time. So he is forgiving, and he is kind and he is gentle and he he is gracious and merciful and I thank God for that. But Jesus is also direct and he's truthful and he he, he has justice and righteousness and he's going to tell it as it is. So you want us to preach like Jesus? Okay, I'm telling you how Jesus preached. He preached on the destination of sinners. Amen. Luke 16, I'm going to pick through this story. This is the rich man and Lazarus, an actual story that happened. Verse 23 talks about this rich man that died. It says, and in hell. Notice, guys, if you, most of your Bibles, the color of these verses is what? It's in red, right? The writing is in red. It comes out of the mouth of Jesus. I'm not saying he said something he didn't say right here. It says in verse 23, and in hell he lift up his, high, his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. It's talking about two men: a poor man named Lazarus and a rich man. The rich man dies. And the rich man, it says, goes to hell. And it says he's in torments. Guys, Jesus said that hell was a place of torment. A lot of people think in this world, man, heaven, uh, excuse me, hell's going to be a party. There's going to be music. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be all my friends. We're going to be smoking and drinking and, 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 and shooting up drugs. Can I tell you, the Bible tells us and Jesus tells us very clearly what hell is like. It is full of torments. You know what torments are? Torture. Yeah that's what hell is like verse 23 says their torments there the end of verse 25 says they're tormented there and the end of verse 28 says that it is a place of torment hey you want us to preach like jesus jesus said that the destination of sinners people that are that are away from god where will they end up if they don't get saved they will go to a literal place called hell right it's that big a deal yeah. and jesus said it listen Jesus has this, a lot of people have this conception of him that he's just kind and loving and and, and 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 just a big teddy bear. And listen, I said he is forgiving and he's gracious and he's merciful and we all thank God that he is. But guys, don't get the wrong idea about him. Listen, he is holy, he is righteous, he is just, he's not going to be okay with any sin. That's why sin is such a big deal to God. That's why Jesus died on the cross. To pay the punishment in our place so that we don't have to go to hell. That's how big of a deal it is to him. Hell is a place of torment. Guys, can I also teach you and Jesus tells us that in hell you are trapped there. You never get out. That's verse verse 26. I'm just alluding to it from verse 26 uh abraham speaking and beside all this between us and you there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass uh from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. you know what he's saying once you go to hell you're there forever once you go to heaven you're there listen you you can't jump out you can't say uh can i get a pass to leave for a little while and then i'll come back no once you're there you're always there the bible tells us as it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment Listen, guys, hell is a place of torment. Hell is a place where you're trapped. Uh, Go to Matthew 7 with me now. I'm going to try to keep rolling with this quickly. Guys, hell is a place that cannot be escaped by you doing good. Matthew chapter 7. As I said, I usually don't have you turn this much, but I feel it's important that you see these things because this came from Jesus. All right. Verse uh, Luke 16. It says he's saying that it's a place of torment, that it lasts forever, that you never get out of there. Hey, guys, that's serious. That's serious. People say, no, 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 no. You independent fundamental Baptists. I mean, you guys preach so passionately, so hard, and you're so uh, uh, um, um, just nailing things. And you're you're, you're hard on these things. Jesus was hard on these things. We're just trying to be like him. We're just trying to preach like him. In Matthew 7, I know we started out there. Look at verse number 21. So back a few verses. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus speaking says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Kevin, can you go to John 6, 40, please? Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, Jesus will say back to them, I never knew you depart from me, ye that work iniquity guys. He's saying, listen, not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord is going to make it to heaven. Hey, guys, sadly, but as I was saying, there's a lot of churches that call themselves Christian. By the way, Christian means follower of Christ that are not following Christ. Yeah. And guys, we even live in a day and age where a lot of people, they want to do these uh, spectacular, they call spectacular sign gifts and miracles and healings. and all. I mean, you see these billboards, you see these flyers that are passed out. We knock on doors in Laurel sometimes and you see these things come to the power conference where the real power of God will be there. And I'm thinking, get out of here, people. There will be healings. There will be miracles. I'm thinking, man, this sounds pretty good. Sounds better than six flags. You know, (laughs) listen, guys, you know what? It's not about all these fake things because that's what they are. They're fake. They're made up. But these people say in verse 22, Lord, we've prophesied in your name. We've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works. Guys. You don't get to heaven by what you do. You don't get to heaven by what you do. You know how you get to heaven? By accepting what's already been done for you. Mm-hmm. And at the end of verse 21, he says, Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, I shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is the will of God? John six forty. Kevin's going to read it for us. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So what is the will of God? yeah but how do we get to heaven Mm -hmm. believing there you go believing in him he says the will of god that sent me is that they would uh believe in me and that they would be saved right along those words that's john 6 40 that he read that's the will of god he said listen these people want to do a bunch of miraculous things but they've never believed in me as their savior Mm -hmm. that's why in verse 23 it says He's going to say back to them, I never knew you. By the way, if you have ever been saved, you're always saved. And if you never have been saved, you never were saved. All right? That's redundant, but that's what he's saying there. I never knew you. And then he says, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Listen, hell is a place of torment. Hell is a place of being trapped. Hell is not escaped by you teaching, you working, you serving, you sharing your works. Guys, listen. You can preach in this class. Preaching is not going to save you. You can pick up trash around here and thank you for doing that. But that ain't going to send you to heaven. All right. You can try to be a good guy and we're all for that. We want you to be. But that's not good enough to get you to heaven. These people preach. These people cast out devils. These people did many wonderful works. But they were never saved. So they're not going to heaven. And guys, hell is a place of terrible separation. You notice in verse 23, what does he say? Depart from me. Mm -hmm. Depart from me. Separation. You know what hell is? Being separated from God for all eternity. Mm -hmm. Go to Matthew 25 now. So we've covered a couple. This will probably be the last, maybe the last area that we cover. Matthew 25. Toward the end of the chapter. It's a place of terrible separation. Hey guys, you know what makes uh, hell so bad? Um, There's no Jesus there. Guys, you can cry out, but it's too late. You can say, Lord, forgive me. Save me. I'm sorry. It's too late. You say, why would you preach like that, Brother Tom? Because that's how Jesus preached. Because he told us, listen, this is your chance. Guys, if you're not saved and you have the opportunity to get saved today, go for it. Do it now. Today is the day of salvation. Not next week. Not next month. Not next year. Not next youth conference. Get saved now. Don't put it off. Matthew 25. Again, Jesus is preaching In the Olivet Discourse, verse number 41, toward the end of the chapter here, he says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me. Again, that separation ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Jesus said that those that are in hell will be separated from him for all eternity. Verse 46 of chapter 25. And these shall go away. Again, that separation into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Guys. Can I also tell you, not only is it a place of terrible separation, those three references have nailed on that, but it's a place where the time frame is everlasting. Mm-hmm. Verse number 46, this is key to to know. It says, These shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Mm-hmm. Some people believe wrongly that hell is, is like uh, people get punished and then they're annihilated, like they're, they don't exist anymore. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says you are... You exist for all eternity, and you are aware, you're conscious of what's going on, but it'll be like that forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And some people say, no. No, we believe when people die, they're just done, they get punished, bam, they go out of existence. How can we prove that wrong? Because it says everlasting punishment. Hmm. And in that verse, it says, but the righteous unto life eternal. Can I tell you, everlasting and eternal in that verse, it's the exact same word in the original language, Greek. Kevin, if one of them means forever, the other one's got to mean forever too. Guys, when people go to heaven, they will be there forever, Uh eternally. But those that go to hell, they're going to be tormented and punished forever, everlasting. Guys, that's serious business. The time frame is everlasting. So go to Mark chapter 9. So what must be done? Guys, can I tell you, you must avoid it at all costs. You must turn from it. You must get away from it. As soon as possible. Guys, if you are not saved, don't leave this church today without getting that taken care of. Hey, you say, why do you preach with that urgency? Because that's what Jesus did. That's what he told us to do. We must turn from that. All right, you're in Mark chapter nine. Go to the end of the chapter. This is where I'm not going to read all these. I'll try to pick through to the point. But this is where Jesus says, um, if your hand offends you, your eye offends you, your, 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 your foot offends you. Um, he's saying, get rid of those things. You know what he's saying, really? If anything's holding you back from getting, you, from getting saved, get rid of it. Guys, if there's some friend in your life that is making fun of it, and every time you think, well, maybe I should get saved today, and they man, don't do that. Don't be, a, don't be a wimp like that. Listen, you need to cast aside that friend so you can get saved. That's what he's talking about. He's not actually saying you need to cut off your hand and poke out your eye and all that kind of stuff because we know that sin is within us. But if there's anything holding you back, cut it off. Get rid of it, Figuratively. Tell you don't have to chop off your hand, all right? Listen, but guys, three times, three times, verse 44, 46, and 48 is what I'm going to read. Here's what Jesus says. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Verse uh, 46, where the worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched. 48, where the worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched. Um, what are we talking about here? We're saying you need to get away from that at all costs. You know what he's saying? I believe when he's talking about the worm, he's saying that your consciousness, you're aware of what's going on. You're aware of what's going on, that you you never go out of existence. And he says, the fire is not quenched. Guys, you know what that means? It never stops. It never runs out of fuel. It never diminishes down. It never dwindles down. This fire is just continually roaring ferociously woo, throughout all eternity. You say, why are you preaching like that? are you one of those hellfire and damnation preachers? Jesus was. Mm-hmm. That's his preaching. That, come, that came out of his mouth. And guys, let's not be backed down and backed off when people say, I think you just need to be a little more like Jesus. Mm. Smile and hug people more. No. Listen, guys, we need to be kind and caring with people, but also we need to tell them the truth. How can I say that I really care for you and I allow you to go to a place like that? Mm. without Without trying to warn you, without trying to help you. Guys, can you imagine, my wife's about to have a, a child here in a, in a couple months, have a baby. Can you imagine in a few years from now when that little little boy's growing up, how could I say that I ever loved him, Kevin, and let him play in the street and say, it's okay, Troy, just go out, have fun. Mm-hmm. He'll say, you shouldn't be a parent, Brother Tom. You shouldn't be a father. What's wrong with you? Well, what kind of preacher are you if you don't tell people about an eternal place of punishment right. that we're on our way to if we don't get saved? Yeah. We've got right. to warn people. Listen, the most loving thing you could do, if I love my son, the most loving thing I could do is snatch him away from that road as quickly as possible. And the most loving thing you can do as a Christian is tell somebody else about that terrible place of hell so that they don't have to go there. Mm-hmm. Guys, he tells the truth. I'll finish with this. He'll, he tells the truth that there's only one escape route. There's only one escape route. John fourteen six. Anybody know it off the top of their head? John fourteen six. Great job, Jaden. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You know what he's saying? There is one way to heaven. Guys, it's not by giving money to the church. It's not by being a good dude. It's not by helping people out and taking care of the homeless. All those things are fine. But there is one way to heaven, and Jesus says, I'm it. You've got to come through me. If you want to get to heaven where the Father is, You've got to go through Jesus. Guys, you say, well, uh, somebody told me that if I got baptized, that would take me to heaven. They were wrong. They weren't telling you the truth. Yep. You've got to go through Jesus. You've got to trust in him and turn from your sins. Mm-hmm. And let me finish with this. In Luke 13, two times, verses 3 and 5, Jesus says the exact same thing. He says, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish, which means you will all go to hell if you don't repent. Repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. Repenting means you turn away from your sin. And faith means you turn to Jesus Christ. That's how you get saved, guys. That's how you get saved. Listen, there's one way to escape that terrible place of hell. I've heard and had people say to me, you need to tone it down, Brother Tom. You don't need to be so loud and intense and and aggressive with it. Just, Just back off a little bit, man. Come on, take it easy. How can we take it easy when our Savior preached? intensely and he told us about the destination of sinners a place called hell hey guys a lot of people wouldn't like to hear that but when they try to back us off and back us down by saying we need to be more like jesus say yeah that's exactly who i'm trying to be like and if god's called you to preach you preach just like him and you tell people about that terrible place called hell the destination of sinners we got a lot more but no more time hey let's thank you i'm glad you liked it. all right let's (laughs) preach like jesus all right bye